Crimeamerica.ca slash support. My story is sort of like fairy tale, you know. I mean, my objective is if 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 it's in the cards, is to have her, you know, sort of semi-retired to a to a, a natural environment. So, you know, my objectives are good, but okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with. Phil Demers a little bit later about Marineland and SeaWorld and zoos and the general terribleness that tends to go on in those areas. Um, but yeah, that's it's a fun chat. I'm a little all over the map, but we have fun. Phil gets a little wound up at times. But uh, before that, of course, we got the one and only Graham lucidly challenged Dunlop. Yeah, How's I am. It going, buddy? Good, good. How you doing? Actually, you did go lucid and you hurt yourself. Uh, I don't think I, well, I might've been lucid there actually. I, I no, I don't think you so. described it no. as lucid. Did I? I thought you said you were lucid, but you just went with it. Oh, maybe, maybe I was then. See how fucking wishy-washy I am about yeah. it? I don't even know. I can't even remember. You're dark. <laughs> maybe you're lucid right now. Yeah, maybe. I'm maybe just, you're dreaming. Am I dreaming? You should pinch yourself. Don't <laughs> I should knock, knock the table. on the just door. Just pinch yourself. <laughs> yeah, that hurt. Did it? Yeah. I could get airsoft gun in here and shoot you every couple minutes. Airsoft? Yeah. What's that? It's like a little less than a pellet gun. Yeah, but it hurts. Like, oh, really? Just to make sure you're not dreaming. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> plastic, plastic BB. I'll just uh, shoot you whenever, every once in a while, I'll shoot you. Sure. See if you're dreaming. Awake, yeah. oh, I could have it at work, too. I'll get a holster. <laughs> so, how you been? Yeah, pretty good. You excited? Yeah, not bad, yeah. Excited about what? Go see Jamie this weekend? Yeah. Yeah, Jamie Janover's here, talking about Nassim Her- Herman's uh, theory of what the unified theory very very cool it'll, it'll be good he's got like a four-hour presentation so yeah it's two to six you know on sunday yeah two to six on sunday in calgary i think it's at the tells convention center or something like that. i can't the link, remember the links will be in the show notes as always i was just talking to him the other people. day yeah we're gonna go uh we're gonna have a podcast with him while he's here yeah we'll go down yeah. saturday we're gonna go meet him at his hotel do a podcast and sunday we'll go down and take in his presentation hopefully there's tickets left i still haven't bought the tickets oh, i meant to do that today I'll buy the tickets tonight. Can't be sold out. If it's sold out, I'll just call Jamie and be like, fuck, right? I forgot to buy tickets. It's sold out. Yeah. He'll go backstage sure or something. Yeah. I mean, we should really ask him for them free anyways, but I don't like doing that. I like supporting these types of Yeah, we might as well just like, buy them. You know, like, yeah. It's just... Because these guys like Nassim, I mean, they're doing amazing work and they're spreading a good message and he's got the whole Residence Academy. I'm sure he's not making a killing from it, right? So when a guy, one of his emissaries comes around, get to support him. I mean, it's probably 50 bucks a ticket, I think, something like that. Yeah, I think know? it's 50 or 60 bucks yeah. a ticket, something like that. Yeah. yeah, so we'll go down and check that out. Maybe we'll bring Brody, do a little video. We haven't asked him yet. <laughs> just tell him, wait the last minute, see if he's busy. I think it's going to be Saturday, like three o'clock. Oh shit, you guys in your fucking DND. Are you guys going to have like a clan war soon? Is it going to get weird if. We play, we play different versions. 
Is it going to be What's weird? What's a clan? Oh, I don't mean know. Again? What oh, the no, fuck no, do no, I know? No, you can't do that. Is it going to be weird when you guys start playing D&D together and you have like a D&D &D feud going on and then the, there's, it's all tense in here because, you know, Brody killed Graham or something? Well, yeah, I don't take it that. No? No. You always have a 20-sided dice in your pocket, but you don't take it that seriously? I do now. You always do. Nine. <laughs> Not very good. <laughs> You're a fucking dork, Ron. It's getting worse. So Do you, you guys, remember when somebody gave us those dice and I was fascinated by the 20 David side Thon. dice? And that, yeah, David Thon, yeah. Because I David. that was the shape of the, David uh, the of the UFO. I saw it was very uh, polyhedral, Dodeca polygonal. Dodecahedron. Yeah. Well, this is an icosahedron. <laughs> the 20-sided is an icosahedron. Is it? Yeah. Why? What's that? Word of the day. Word of the day, yeah. Why would it be I? Icosa? Shouldn't it be V? 20v or by like venti you're thinking french yeah but isn't that how dis dis desi no that's all that's not latin i think des is 10 this uh sacred geometry names come from latin do you know like dota is dota latin for 12 dota yeah. dota is the last couple letters of our uh wi-fi dota was like a, <laughs> like a typo Type of game, oh, and wow. a type of bird that went extinct. <clears throat> playing too much D and D. Anyways, so you guys are playing like six nights a week now. No, what are you talking about? You're playing more than one. <laughs> it all depends on who's around and what's going on. Depends on the week. Yeah. Well, I don't have any. Uh, my jingle board is just firing up. Okay, that's good. You're nice and prepped. Yep. Well, it was dead. The battery died. So, I don't know what you want me to do about that. I think it was because you stole the charger last time. Well, um, I've got an email corresponding to that little gift you have in your hand. Yeah, why don't you start? I can start by reading that. This is appreciation, donation, and thanks. And this is from Nick. I hope he doesn't, I hope he says it's okay to say his name. Nick in Victoria, BC. Oh, oh no. <laughs> he says, uh, Use my last initial, not full name. Okay. So, he didn't say his last okay, name. You're good. good. Yeah, yeah. No, so we can't. no F we can't. So FYI, I found your show through Carl DeMarco and his China Weird book. He mentioned you on BOA. Your interview was better. Then was looking for Artie Six Killer Clark. Then mentioned Walter Bosley to check you guys out as a more than worthy show. Whether or not that had anything to do, it doesn't matter. Glad it happened. Since then, I've been hooked and... Have sent links to two other people. One for sure is hooked now, and the other one says it looks like a hoot. By the way, episode 276, Cliff High, is stunning. The show, he says. The preamble part before you drop in the main interview is exceptional and is the only reason I've explored episodes I may not have normally. A perfect balance, keeping it loose and hilarious, but equally on point at all the same time. The flow is awesome, as is the incredibly relevant original and insightful questioning the interplay between you two is almost also perfect wow i gotta stop reading this i'm getting all embarrassed there's really nothing Easy to the fault interplay at all. makes it sound kind of weird too <clears throat> i don't like the inter in there what oh um, it's an interplay <laughs> graham look into earthing products so here he's i love it when listeners give give us tips and they build upon the podcast that we've already done so you can tell he's listened to some of these and he's made some notes so look into earthing earthingcanada.ca and there's some shoes that i'm gonna have to buy like to stay grounded 
Ground. Ooh, we should. We got to figure out how to ground this motherfucker. The igloo. Actually, that could be coming an issue. Let's wait. All right, James Oshman. He says human metabolism meets cosmic metabolism is a lecture that ties the electric universe and earthing area together, and they have a DVD on their Thunderbolt site. So is that UK? Is it earthing a UK thing? No, no, no. It's funny because I was how just having even, that argument in the chats like yesterday. How would it? How would you even consider it to be a UK thing? Well, because I guess in, in instead of a ground wire in the UK and like Europe, they call it an earth wire. Oh, do they? Which <laughs> fucking is totally ass backwards to me. But and then he also says a friend of mine has written a couple of books so far: "Blowing Zen" and uh, "The Shadow That Seeks the Sun." I will mention your show. I'll By blow the way, a Zen at you right now. I've seen a lot of things entering the atmosphere. 2 to 3 a.m. flaring. Flaring up Ooh, then. That's what Tubbs is always talking about. Flaring up then scooting away, often a few at a time. Have a look. Slightly north. No, slightly forward north of the dipper. And then a bit northwards. That's what Tubbs has been telling me about for like four years. Yeah. He wants us to go. He wants us to go down to Crow's Nest Pass with him one well, weekend well, and see these things. Well, well, yeah. I've been trying to for like a year. The Tubbs is all over the fucking place. Are they, are He's they, pretty uh, hard to rope in for like they, a whole, like Crow's Nest Pass a few hours away. You have to rope this guy in for like a whole day or are they, uh, they uh, what, do you, what do we call them in T7? Fast movers or whatever? Uh, yeah, fast walkers. No, fast walkers. Uh, streakers. streakers. I don't know what you call streakers. anything in C-City. <laughs> Are you done the email? No. Okay. Him, him, Himalayan salt, though good, is locked, landlocked and basically dead salt, he says. You should try the hand-raked Celtic sea salt from the clay beds in Normandy. And it's, all, and it's also have cheaper uh, equivalents. And he says it must be wet looking. So I've got two bags he sent me at home. I'll give you a bit of each maybe, but I didn't want to bring you a whole bag. <laughs> nah, don't bring me. Just bring me a little. So what, am the, I going to eat it? What do I do with it? Yeah, it's salt. Just do what you Just do normal salt with, but it's filled with better stuff. Put like, salt on everything. So what does he say? It says a wet magnesium core, living stuff in it, crystalline structure from the sun, natural iodine lasts 20 hours versus artificial 20 minutes. All the research has been done by a Celtic brand, but holds true oh, for the rest. we should actually just save that in case we Re get nuked. Regular toxic salt is 99% sodium chloride. Most sea salt may be originally sourced from the sea, but of whatever ripoff source is still 98% sodium chloride and compromised. I think the wet stuff is like 86 with buffer minerals, the crazy trace elements than the normal salt. So he says the normal salt strips out and sells to the chemical companies. As far as he knows, there's a spiritual aspect to it. Also, they ionize crystal structure from the sun ocean as a repository of the earth's wisdom. Crystal used to be placed on a newborn's tongue. Ooh, the word salary is payment in salt. Is a person worth their salt, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. He says sounds flaky, but not so much. Hmm. Are you worth your salt? That's a lot of salt. At one point, I <laughs> even sourced ampules of the special marine matrix from which is equivalent to human plasma. All right, so he says uh, synchros are usually constant and often where I'm typing out a message and multiple times the exact odd word comes through the speakers as I type it. I have those type. Quite a bit as well. Happens a lot during the show, but there are other types. I'll try to log some decent ones so Darren won't slay them unless I come up with a gooder, as he says. <laughs> Probably a good idea. <laughs> this is not a synchro, but a bit creepy. Last night I went for a walk around the block as I'm thinking about stuff in one of your shows. 
I get to the driveway in a secure underground parking garage, totally lit up, nobody around, dead silent, nighttime. The instant I glanced down at the gate, started banging around like some sort of invisible Sasquatch was shaking the thing. Darren equals maybe I should have run down and started punching, randomly might have gotten a shot in. And it was very, very loud and quite disturbing. It went on for a few seconds. I walked, quickly walked past the air because I didn't want anyone to think it was trying me, uh, it was me trying to smash my way in. Perhaps non-local aftershocks of the garage there. Who the heck knows? No idea. But it felt very creepy. Goosebumps. Anyways, he was donating to the show. Um, says people had better pick it up. Do it. It feels good. Just give a couple mocha, mocha whippuccino, quintuple hot quad foam phony coffees or something else equally useless. Mentally and physically, health improvement all in one. Win-win. So he's saying basically give up your Starbucks coffee for a donation to the show. At least once, one day a month. So anyways, now thanks for the great email. And he sent another one. He says, here's a picture of that salt. Hope this is not a beating a dead horse. And he talked about he was, uh, he has a small book from the founder of this company. So I want to check in this book about the, about the salt. And what else did he say here? Anyways, he sent a uh, little package here. Oh, did I read the part about the residence uh, thing? I don't know. Yeah. Fucking no, my you emails don't. are all messed up here. I think I, uh, the day you get your email figured out is I'm going to buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I thought he mentioned something in here about that. Huh? Anyways, can't see it. I can't seem to find it. Get out a pen and paper and write this down or a pencil. Why don't you send some physical mail to the Grimerica Show at P.O. Box 16033, next line, uh-huh, 100-815, comma, 17th Avenue, SW, next line, uh-huh, Calgary, Alberta, next line, uh-huh, Canada, next line, uh-huh, T2T, space, 5H7, that's the P.O. Box. Oh, so weird. Okay, so, so this is... I found the synchro that he sent as well. So do you want to open that first and then I do this? But well, yeah, my email's weird. Sometimes playing. I try to pop it up. I don't know one wants to hear about your email problems. No the, one. The jingle's done. It's done. This is a Schumann generator. Okay. For the studio use. Link sent an email talking about good vibes. So what? Ooh. Is, I, I don't know. It's either that or it's one of those things that goes tick, 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 stable and faster. Okay, turn the jingle down, please. What? Uh, I don't know how this works. Oh, shit, it's doing something. Oh, it generates a free, the Schumann resonance, like the Earth's frequency. So is that good? Yeah. That's good. What, what's this for? What, is, what do we do with this? I don't know. Doesn't come with instructions or anything. This is a, a data wire. This oh, is... did he say? Did he say he sent a link or something about it? Yeah, he said he sent it to you. Okay, here I'll, I'll read this thing and see if it's got anything. Anyways, Graham, here's a picture of that salt. Sorry. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, that was the email I was reading. Cheaper versions of the. Okay, the in. Oh, hang on. He says uh, the incoming book I ordered for you will explain a lot. Hold off until then if you want. Book should oh, show up here, and he's going to send it out to us. Oh my! What the. Oh, this is so weird. So my emails. Oh, hang on. Here it is. Okay, I got it. It's something electronic that emits the natural Earth yeah. resonance. Yeah. Doesn't that kind of like defeat the purpose? 
What? No. Not at all. Well, because like electronic waves are bad for you, right? Not if it's at that frequency. It all depends on the frequency, right? Well, that's not the Schumann frequency, I don't think. I don't know. I think it's supposed to combat whatever we got going on in here. Yeah, like a fucking wombat or combat. Okay, he says, Synchro, a minor one. These happen all the time. I was listening to the Carl DeMarco episode. And again, just now after me emailing you guys a few days back after that being the gateway to your podcast, and you did mention coincidentally that you're reading Carl's new book. And we do have to say it's, it's a, it is a great book. I already read it. It's great. Yeah. 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 So we'll have Mon and talk about it soon. I was up about an hour earlier at the local health market store with some hot chick cashiers talking about what I had tried in the back of the store, i.e. they have a pulsed electromagnetic mat you can lie on and all other sorts of things. I was specifically talking to them about the Schumann mat that I had a free trial session on. So I get home here. The word here just came over the audio as I typed that. And lo and behold, a tiny portable battery-powered Schumann resonator I ordered at least a month ago showed up today in the mail. Don't laugh, it was dirt cheap. Why not? So thinking about that little newly arrived device and the Schumann mat thing I was talking to the store workers about, I glanced up at my newly arrived portable Schumann device to make sure it was actually charging its battery. Your voices immediately came over the speakers. Darren. Hearing one time about the frequency of the atmosphere having changed. I should have done it in Darren's stoner Canadian voice. Let's hear it. No, 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 no. Let's hear it. We're hearing, hearing one time about the frequency of the atmosphere having changed. That was so bad. <laughs> this little device I have designed to do that in a smaller area. And then Graham, wasn't the, Schum- wasn't the Schumann resonance, was it? The device generates that exactly. Okay, that's a bit effed up since I was in the middle of browsing the newsletter you just sent out. The very instant my eyes met the green LEDs on this little device, the second time to confirm that it's now fully charged, guess what comes over the speakers? Darren, it was like charged now, or not charged, or, you know, it was charged. <laughs> How you doing, dude? That's a different voice. Yeah, you're like a different one. <laughs> And he put the F- emphasis on the word charge. Anyways, that's it. Thanks. <laughs> that was that was a better one. That was more of the stoner voice. That was, that was, it? Uh, that was more of the Cheech and Chong-ish kind of, you know. <laughs> Speechless. Yeah. Now time for the UFO quote of the week. <laughs> uh, that was good, though. I like it. I like this thing. Hopefully, you're gonna it rate that synchro. That was a pretty crazy one. Eight point four two. Hey, oh, that's a good one. It's not bad. Pretty good. Better than most people get. He should be proud. Mm-hmm. That was all. That was at the PO box. Yeah, PO box. PO box. I think someone sent in a microphone or something. Well, that's good. I seem to remember an email. Oh, I was gonna do. Uh... Oh yeah. You want to start us off with some Instagram? <laughs> Where's the wee bar?
Are you going to start or do you want me to? Okay, I'll start. This is from Think Not Again. He says, I really, this is uh, on the Greg Doyle episode, my all time favorite episode, 280. I really enjoyed this show. I listened to it three times. Greg Doyle has so much to say, and his depth of knowledge makes me wish that his podcast was six hours long. I went on his website to discover more, but sadly, I can't afford to subscribe to his program, but I sure wish I did. There was a fascinating, this was a fascinating talk and found myself riveted. When I was a child, I used to travel out of my body regularly. I could go anywhere around the world in moments. It seemed so natural that I thought everyone could do it. Alas, I cannot remember when the ability went away, but I do wish I could get it back and there seems to be some sort of mental block. Listening to this show has inspired me to attempt to try again. Thanks, Graham and Darren, for a great interview on a fascinating subject. I can't wait for you to get Greg Doyle on again. 9.9 out of 10. would give. Wouldn't I would give 10 out of 10, but I never give a perfect score. And then Fire in the Sky <clears throat> responded to him. This is wild that you can remember astral projecting as a child. I've been in a process of purging old programs with very interesting results, starting to lucid dream regular and occasionally getting precog incidents. I remember as a kid, a recurring nightmare, and that was the first clue as to when I got turned off, I think. I was very young, like three or four years old. Dream journaling has been very helpful to unraveling the sweater and healing. Also, I'm trying to, I'm going to try cranial sacral therapy like Greg did to see if that clears up, clears the channels and maybe some more interesting things will happen. I think the ability is still there for all of us, but we have to have an empty cup. If you have any breakthroughs, I would love to hear what worked for you. And anyways, these two go on chatting. I won't read the whole thing, but it's good to see on the Instagram account some activity like that. And then Dig Dug Dougie, realms upon realms upon realms upon realms. Super dope episode. Dude hits the nail on the head and leads one down many different threads. So much to take in. Definitely one to listen to multiple times. Pretty great when just sitting in a tub in the dark while well, maybe a candle and absorbing all this with the eyes closed. I highly suggest this method. Thanks for putting out such great content time and time again, and always keeping my mind occupied in downtime with intrigue instead of boredom. Between this episode and Greg Carlwood's last episode with Tracy Twyman, I feel like I'm exploring Boing. more realms upon realms Be upon boss. realms. <laughs> so thanks, everybody. Instagram, Great America Show Podcast. Right on. Here we got a quote on the YouTubes on number 278. If you're on the YouTubes, you really should go over to the podcast. Um, the audio definitely comes through a little bit better. You don't have to stuck just staring at your computer screen, and you can listen to it wherever you go. YouTube numbers are going up a little bit, though, but it still is only 1%. You should just, I think, if, you, if, if you're staring at the computer, you should at least go to the website and listen. And we get less YouTube. Give YouTube less traffic and Grimerica more traffic. Hmm. Don't you think? Well, now we have videos sometimes. That's different, I guess. Yeah. Anyhow, he said, favorite quote of 278, don't call my shticks gimmicks. I don't remember who said that. Uh, I'm sure I'm not alone in saying that back in the 70s, the Bermuda Triangle was my gateway drug for this entire field. Edit. No shit. About one minute after I posted this, I got Darren's confession of the same. That's almost a synchro. Um, uh, number 278 again, ironically, after listening for free for over a year, I subscribed to the black budget the same day that that asshole drove through this, through your garage. <laughs> uh, here we got on 277 from connect the soul. Thank you for your very own continuing wisdom, inspiration, also schooling to boost my voyage to becoming more consciously informed, combined with spiritually connected. Mm. 
Uh, we got That's pretty pretty positive comments for YouTube. Yeah, yeah YouTube's been getting better. I uh, love you guys, Graham. You look as great as you are. There you go, buddy. What does that mean? I don't know. You look good, I guess. You look puffy. <laughs> Thank you. You looked less puffy that day. You're worth your salt. I wasn't retaining as much water. <laughs> That's it. I love your show. Pretty important venue you've created there, Grimerica. Can't we all just wear robes and chitty chat about things and stuff with some coffee all day? Greg's and your input about beasties was very reassuring in that it's nice to know that I'm not alone. Though I would disagree a bit with Greg about going to sleep every night as being a mini death. Love sleep and think sleeping is more real or as real as life. And I ain't no coward or escapist or alcoholic neither. Well, mostly. Sleep seems as real as awake, maybe sometimes more. Anywho, thanks, fellas. Big fan as much as Canadians are big fans about things. Come on, dudes. Try and get Tom Campbell on your show. We live in a simulation. Um... Let's see. I'm still Luke way back there. Big toe. The yeah, that's right. I don't know. We were close to making that happen. And yeah, then, and somebody then Justin called him. Our buddy yeah, Justin right. called Justin him and got a, him. got a hold of him, and then still couldn't wrangle on the show. He was going to come on, and then I don't know what happened. Actually, so. I tried emailing him a couple times, and some the email didn't go through. Or... Here we go, guys. It's Mathis from Norway again. I called you guys Han Solo and Chewy. What the fuck? Who is Chewy? I hope you were Chewy. Anyway, I have 20 years of inner travel via DMT, LSD, ketamine, psilocybin, and blah, blah, blah. Holy. What I feel like saying is Wim Hof breathwork is absolutely connected with psychedelics and personal health. Please try for yourself to get high on a healthy supply. Yeah, that's a good, good We advice. should have, you know what, Mathis, why don't you email Graham? We'll have you on, on for an intro. You can tell us some of your, uh, so yeah. is there a black budget or something like that? That sounds fun. Yeah, totally. Uh, what else we got? We'll do... Great interview with Greg. This is on the Astral Travel episode. I remember a guy telling me he would come by at night and take me out. Sure enough, <laughs> the stuff is real. <laughs> what do we got on? Oh, here's one on 223, original talk with Bruce Fenton. Too many people talking. Can't even hear Bruce. I remember that. Was there someone on with us? Oh, here's one to you from David McCain. Hey, Graham, a book that has helped me over the years is Astral Dynamics by Robert Bruce. If you follow the energy work and the techniques, it really works. Mr. Bruce is one of the most proficient travelers and teachers that I've ever been in communication with. Just to let you guys know, I found your show by listening to Skeptico. Be good and carry on with the good life. There we go. Six minutes in and bam, hardcore cave porn on the stream. Grammarica after dark. I don't know what that means. I think that's, oh, here's one. Ceramics for Life says, hey, I'm making you fuckers some beer mugs. Do either of you have the devils left, or should I make them both right-handed? I'm right-handed. You're right-handed. Yeah, but I don't drink, so just make You don't have to put mug. beer in it. I'm just going to say, make it a coffee mug. I think he makes beer mugs. A mug is a mug. A mug's a mug. Yeah, a mug Come on. Mug. No, it's, a, it's a, pint, a pint glasses for beer. I mean, you don't just... You could uh, put some milk in it. Uh, I got one at home. You, I'll you, give you mine. Okay. Wow, you're probably not going to get one now. <laughs> and we got last one here. It was going well until all the fluffy dinosaurs. Oh, I love that part. <laughs> Does that mean he'd lost interest there? I wasn't no, sure what he No, the point was, is that, yeah, that's, that's what he was saying. Yeah. I think. That was too much for him. But that was one of the key points where, you know, he didn't even, he'd never heard of that until 
that article came out shortly after saying that that the scientific article saying that that's what the case was. So yeah. How about the, uh, what's that? How about the, uh, UFO quote of the week? Can I get that? Yeah. You, well, actually first. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Down and Graham going deep. It's a profound UFO quote of the week. Words to ponder and critique. This better not be from the fucking CIA. No, it's not. No, this is. I wish I could do it in it. I wish I had accents. Like, you really want to be a thespian today? Hey, let's hear your accent. No, I can't. So this is from uh, Nick Pope. I concentrate on the science. I'm well, interested I'm at, I'm in the UFOs. British, I'm good at British one. I'm interested in the UFOs seen by the police and military witnesses. I'm interested in the near misses that pilots report, where their aircraft nearly collide with these things. I'm interested in the visual sightings backed up by radar. I'm interested in the military bases that are overflown by these things. I'm interested in the cases where you have radiation readings on the ground. These are no lights in the sky. These are not misidentifications of fantasy-prone individuals. <laughs> this is a cutting-edge technology being reported by reliable, trained observers, and it is something that goes beyond what we can do. That, to me, suggests that if it's not ours, it belongs to someone else. If that technology is better than ours, then the extraterrestrial hypothesis seems to me the best explanation. That was uh, from Nick Pope, head of the UFO desk at the Air Secretariat 2-A British Military of Defense from 1991 to 1994. You know, you're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble if you want to start doing accents and stuff on the show. Can you still, I'm not gonna, can you that's still do accents? You. I think that'd be like cultural appropriation or something. No, oh my God. Just yeah, those days are gone, man. Well, maybe if we add it, if we threw ourselves in the comedy category, then we could say whatever we wanted. Yeah, especially in Canada. Comedians yeah. get sued. That's right. Kick the fuck out of the country. Uh, I think that's about it, guys. So Where don't forget that? about Jamie Janover oh, and, and support the show. And don't yeah. forget to support the show, guys. Really, uh, we hate to constantly be asking you guys, but uh, we really do only get through to about one in every 140 of you. So if you could head over to grimerica.ca slash support today, maybe sign up for a monthly or do a one-time donation. That would be super. Try and get those support levels up. We do keep giving out the show for free and we will continue to do so. And we will also continue to do these extra um, black budget shows for the people that do support the show. They get the extra added bonus of a few shows a month. Um, so yeah, do it up, sign up via Patreon or, or uh, PayPal and, and uh, get her going. If you can't uh, do that, you, you, or even if you can do that, you should still do everything in the show notes. Um, you know, there's a link there to review the show on iTunes, review the show just about everywhere. I don't know if you can review things and stuff on Spotify. I don't spend a lot of time on there, but you know, basically any place you can like us, share us or do fucking anything else. It just helps because we have no marketing and we seem to be spending less time on social media because it's fucking just toxic. So we just need you guys to <clears throat> yeah, spread the word. Uh, yep. Yeah. So we don't get caught up in the hate. Anything else, buddy? No, that's it. Thanks. I think that's about yeah. it, guys. Enjoy this chat about the motherfucking zoos and the shit these guys are getting away with. I really do think, though, in a lot of ways that uh, there's only, like, I would say in 50 years, zoos are gone. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. At least, like, the SeaWorld. 
Yeah, yeah because we have the, enough technology now. They're going to be the first to go. <clears throat> yeah. It's like Rogan and these guys always say, right? There's videos of everything in the world now. I mean, not everything in the world, but, you know, I mean, you can go and, like, 100 years ago, you couldn't see all this stuff. Now we have access to everything through technology. Yeah, so and I why can see have it in them fucking in a fucking 4K zoo, right? doing some crazy shit that yeah, it's in instead wild, of look, yeah. sitting in the zoo just yeah. fucking wanting to put a bullet in its head, but it doesn't know how. Yeah, there'll just be drones everywhere in the world giving you a 3D. Well, that you sounds know, pretty HD. terrible, too. Let's not, let's not go well, quite that's what, far. That's what it'll be like. I mean, it'll just be, you'll just be tapping just, in a drone. stick with like HD drone footage everywhere. <laughs> Take it easy. Okay, guys. Uh, enjoy the chat with Phil Demers. You may listen to this network with assurance that all sources of news will be properly labeled and will bring you frequent summaries of all information available. Phil Demers here with his fellow Canadian. He's back east. We're out west. Uh, he's an animal abuse whistleblower. Um, some of you guys may have... What's is that? Is it back east? Is it front west? It's, no, it's just out west, back okay. east. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's the he's the walrus whisperer. And uh, yeah, we're we're going to talk about his um, his GoFundMe and a bunch of his uh, the work that he's been doing on on kind of whistleblowing on animal abuse. So thanks for coming on the show, Phil. Really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, we heard uh, heard about you quite a while ago, and we just wanted to know, um, you know, how things are going and what's going on latest. I mean, I guess for for listeners that haven't really, uh, is there any way you can give us like Darren? Should we do like a little, uh, just a brief sort of overview, just so for people that haven't? Really yeah, there's heard about definitely this. probably a chunk of the audience that uh, that haven't heard it. I think we've got yeah half the audience maybe doesn't listen to too much Rogan. That's where I've heard John Rogan a couple times now. I think you were just on there again like a month ago, right? Yeah, yeah, I just got back. It was great. So, yeah, if you could just kind of um, bring us up to speed or, or maybe give us kind of the the, the five-minute version of, of how you got where you are right now. Sure. So, um, you know, I was a young kid, sort of a punk kid, just, I don't know, <laughs> looking for adventure and ah, I found it at a job swimming with whales. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, day one, I was, uh, I'm, I'm feeding whales. I mean, within, within a year of, of, of applying for this job, I was swimming with orcas and jumping off of their rostrums in the air and flying around. I mean, this was this insane adventure, crazy job. And, you know, back when I started and I was about 22 years old, this is back in 2000. Places like SeaWorld and and Marineland, these were celebrated places. I mean, this was an industry that was, you know, not only thriving, but like burgeoning. I mean, this thing was was booming. And, uh, you know, while I worked there, 
you know, there was always this sort of underlying um, darkness to it all. But, you know, you sort of don't want to delve too far into the darkness of your job when it's what puts food on your table. It's just a matter of fact. Like, And then eventually, especially, you know, in a place like Marineland, when you, you know, the, the longer you're there, I mean, there's a, there's a pretty big turnover rate. So the longer you're there, you're going to get closer to management, let's say. And once you're closer to the decision-making of things, you start to sort of see what the business aspect, you know, sort of what the uh, the interests of the business lies versus that of the best interests of the animals. And this is where, you know, I, I had a great deal of conflict with, uh, with management. And, you know, there's the... There's obviously the relationship with the walrus that I have that, you know, it's it's a very unique relationship. It's one that, you know, it's it's really indescribable. It's hard to explain, but scientifically, the soundest way to explain it is that, you know, there's a walrus there that came to us while she was very young, and she she perceives me as her mother. There was this there was this incident that occurred between the two of us, and her brain circuitry opened, and, and I basically tattooed on her on her mind in every which way, shape or form, be it the, you know, smell, sight, you know, the, the sound of my voice. And so, you know, now, now I've got the compounded conflict of, you know, issues with that animal over and above that of the others, but, but the health issues that, you know, I'm not the one that's, that's flipping the bill on, on, on helping these animals, but, I'll be damned if someone that's supposed to be isn't in the capacity that they should. And so it just came a point where I'd resolve that. There was no fucking way that this place was ever going to get better with me just pounding on the inside of the walls. Like I had to break out. So fucking I quit. And, uh, you know, long story short, they're suing me for plotting to steal a walrus um, I'm sort of fighting back and have been so for years. Uh, you know, we're pushing on six years now since I've been gone. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I threw myself over the edge of the universe sort of in the, in the hopes that it would guide me and sort of catch me and, 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 you know, take me on this wild and crazy trip that this has been. And, and it has not failed me. And, and so I've managed to stick with this impossible and improbable fight. And in fact, uh, it's hard to argue that I haven't, that, that we haven't built more momentum now than ever before. And I'm now sort of basking in this sort of relief that, you know, all these years of, you know, like just sticking to my guns and, and just, and I can't even tell you how many times I've been on the brink of disaster, but just putting faith in that I'll always get pulled from, from that brink. And I'm telling you, man, I've teetered the edge a number of times. And here I am five years later, I'm starting to feel like, uh, I, I think momentum is not only on my side. I think, I think what started a lot of years ago is now unstoppable and that's where we're at. And now we're talking. Wow. So that's exciting that you actually feel like you're going to push through and, and you might see. So do you think, I guess the goal is to see these places shut down in the end? Well, I mean, in the case of Marineland, I'd, I would like to see it 
as a business enterprise evolves so that it itself can still be successful. But I see it as an evolution where they, for instance, retire all the animals to sanctuaries, perhaps even uh, have a heavy hand in funding sanctuaries. I mean, responsibly evolve away from having to do with anything with animals and just start accommodating the tourists here. The tourists want rides. They want excitement. You know, get out of the animal business. It's over. So I'm hoping that could be done with Marineland. The reality is it's probably not going to be the case. And in such a case, if what I have to do is twist back the arm that twisted mine, and then so be it. I'll, I mean, I'm here to twist till it breaks. They have the decisions to make, not me. My decisions already made. That's interesting because I think in, for the rest of the zoos in Canada are government owned, aren't they? No, hell no. No, like I think the Calgary Zoo isn't that government it's, owned. It the seems city like owns it. it. It seems like it, but there's, there's a lot no, of there's, it's it's a, there's a lot of valleys that'll subsidize zoos. Yeah, like the, yeah. Toronto spends a lot of money keeping that Toronto Zoo uh, basically viable because really, as a as a as a if it were a private business, it would have failed a long time ago. But it's the roadside zoos, and they're a big problem all over the place. I can't speak for for uh, Alberta, but I also like for Ontario, we got big problems, and it's all these private little zoos with these little shitty owners. Who I don't know, man. Maybe you know a cool zoo owner. I've yet to come across one. Uh, they're a, they're a weird breed. I'll say it. Um, but anyways, these zoo guys are. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you hear about it in the states too. There's these there's these places that have like fucking tigers in cages and gas stations and shit. Like, you know, that's a zoo. You know, that's like I remember when I lived in Ontario, they had that like weird African lion safari by Hamilton. You could do a drive around through. I used to live yeah, near. Well, I used to live near one in in uh, Hemingford, right near the border below Montreal. There's a park safari. It's called same thing. Like, there's one north of the city here too that has some like jaguars and stuff. Really? I forget what it's called, but I've actually heard that he's gotten himself in trouble a couple of times. Yeah, but it's never trouble enough, these guys. Like, really, the, these these guys get away with murder. Well, and again, I'm speaking for Ontario, but in Ontario, it's a big fucking joke. And that African lion safari's next. Like, that place is an absolute shithole. Uh, Bowmanville Zoo is, is, you know, it was down and out, and now it's just changed names. And I believe, and, and you know, don't sue me if I'm wrong, but it may still be the same owners or owner group of sorts. But, you know, these guys go down in, in, in like these, these blazes of glory with, with animal cruelty charges levied against them and all this, and, and all this stuff. And somehow they always wind up on the other end smelling like, like roses. And, I, and honestly, I think that the, the, the province of Ontario is very complicit in that. And that's why, you know, I, I fight for laws and stuff and, and, and have been so and been advocating uh, for and, and, and speaking with, you know, different members of different uh, levels of government. But the, the the fact of the matter is, I don't think it's laws that are gonna that are gonna change things as much as just what I call the paradigm shift that we're sort of in now. That people don't want to see this shit. You don't want to see a fucking jaguar in a cage, just pacing back and forth. You don't want to. You definitely want to. Don't want to see fucking polar bears and 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 I mean at Marineland they got black bears. Uh, they got way too many of them. And it, it, in in social groupings that are just so unnatural, you, you would never in a million years have these animals in such close proximity. And then, I mean, there's instant, there's instances in Marineland's history where like bears have been mauled to death and like destroyed and like gang killed and stuff. And like really horrific, horrific things. Um, 
you know, it's it's really there's no dignity in it either. Like it's really a, it's sort of a I don't know. It's twisted. It's it's really twisted. I think that zoos are pretty twisted. I think that if if today you decided, hey, let's start this new thing called zoos. You know, assuming zoos has never existed, people would be appalled. I think it would be a shock. So it's yeah, cultural. Culturally, there's something there in that there's still people holding on to this, you know, this romantic idea of zoos. But, you know, all they have to do is visit it. And I think these days, anyone who visits it can't escape the pain that those animals are experiencing. And it's just not fucking worth it. <laughs> That's kind of like the circus is already there. You know, you can see the end of the line for the circuses where I think zoos will be around for a little while longer yet. Or they'll find a better way to do them. But yeah, I don't think you could start up a zoo today if they didn't already exist. You're probably yeah. more likely you could get a license to lock up a bunch of people and put them on display than you could to put on some animals. And, you know, some people would argue that that'd be a better use of your time and money. But I don't know. I'm pretty sick of reality TV, too. So what's what's the main reason why these people think zoos are so good? Because you get to educate the whole education part and that people learn about these animals and how well, at risk they are and... The message has always been controlled by the industry, and the industry wants to tell you that this is your opportunity to get close to these animals, and then you'll learn to love them right. through through experiencing them. But really, I mean, it's like when you sort of when you keep a child's attention, like I'm talking about like an infant with like a toy. It lasts so long, and then they just move on to other things. That animal's still there every day, every day until it fucking dies. It's 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 I mean, the the stress that is being weighed on that animal is, well, in my experience, especially with whales, is enormous and, like, it's unmistakable. There's no question how compromised these animals are. So, you know, the, 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 the industry has controlled the message for a long time, but now with social media and everything else, you know, people are taking photographs of these animals. People are, like there's major campaigns for, you know, individual animals out there that are like suffering. And I mean, the images of these animals are, are just it's graphically um, distur- distressing and, and disturbing. And the reason that this is all happening is because people are now starting to see things for what they are. It's not commercial, 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 commercial. Go to the place, see the animal for four minutes be you know disappointed or not the other thing that that you have to bear in mind is when people walk through these gates and they shell out a lot of fucking money they're going to have a good time it doesn't matter that doesn't matter if the kid's crying because the killer whale looks sad we're having a good time today i spent 200 bucks at the fucking door we're having a good time today you know what i mean it's that mentality so so without going into too many details but can you bring some context to some of the stuff like especially that you you know Marine land, like, is it more of they're just these things are operating as a business and they're not really taking care of the health and they're not, they're just sort of. Well, seen the worst because it seems like they have the least amount of room and they're probably the smartest. Well, yes, yes, and yes, those are two major reasons. But the room, really, if you look at, at room, when you're talking about a concrete pit and you're dealing with an animal that's used to being like thriving in a, in a family as a functioning family unit and, and traveling, you know, hundreds of miles a day and acute acoustically sensitive animals. I mean, the, the putting a whale in it, in that environment is really, really twisted. If you break it down, if it's, if it, like I said, if it was something that you could look at for the very first time, you would be just so appalled by it. So for me, it's, Industry-wide, just the idea is it failed. 
you know, the science is spoken. Not a single orca or dolphin born at Marineland is alive today. None. Zero. None of them lasted longer than a mere months to few years. Like, wow. It's it's a fa- it's a complete bust. It's a bust. That's fifty four years of failed breeding. I'm sorry, that's a bust. You've got you've got fifty or pushing sixty beluga whales. Well, if you're producing three or four a year and three or four are dying, that's a bust. That's a fail. This is not an environment where these animals are going to thrive. It's in fact an, a, an environment that is like transparently destroying these animals. Like so, the science has spoken on that. As far as like, um, I don't know. I, I, I think, feel like I, I feel like the, I feel like whales are anomalous. They they are really t- way too intelligent and especially emotionally intelligent beyond our capacity to understand. And that's where we're failing them. Is that we would rather look the other way and reject the science that is at least historically that was was supporting just how intelligent and, and emotionally um, dynamic these animals are. Again, the, we got to remember that the, the industry is what controlled all your science, your science in both suppressing it and promoting it. So, you know, there's there's really these these this this sort of group of wild orca scientists out there, and they're really like a roving group. They're you know they're flying all over the world on their own dime, and you know people have been trying to the industry has been trying to suppress and even ridicule these people for years. I mean, for as long as they've ever existed. And so it's if not for the work of like and sacrifice of of people with, you know, with I mean, once you know the truth, you can't look away. I mean, you know, once you get bit by that bug, you're going to fight like hell. I mean, look, if this was your fucking dog, you'd give a flying fuck. I mean, you would I don't I'm, I would like to think that people in witnessing someone else abusing their dog would would have enough fire in their gut to do something about it. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that we disassociate ourselves with with animals. I mean, it's it's also a necessary function, but you know, these are individuals, and they're they're they're, they're emotionally intelligent individuals. And the, the, what we're doing to them, for the sake of a laugh, or or I mean, it's just like I said, once you see the truth, you can't look away, and that's where I'm at. I, I mean, that's that's largely why I am exactly where I am now is because I speak truth, and people want to hear it. People want to know. I think I seen a picture you tweeted a couple of weeks ago that was showed the size of the whale area at Marineland compared to the parking lot. Yeah, and it was I like mean, these- literally like five percent. Oh, fuck! Whoever made sense to take a whale out of an ocean and put it in landlocked fucking Niagara Falls? There's not an ocean for what a thousand kilometers. I mean, like, the, I, I, when I think of how do you I think even of, get it there? Fucking. Planes, man. I, I've been on the. I've been in the belly of a big old Russian plane unloading beluga whales. It's they like a throw a whale in a plane. Jeez, yeah, is there like put, a tank in there? I mean, the, yeah. There's like these little mobile steel tanks, and there's, you know, there's only, you know, you might have tw- uh, sixteen inches of water, and then you've got a sling that they're actually supported. In. These are long ass flights, man. You're flying them in from Russia. It's horrible, and you know, <laughs> you don't hear about it a lot because. These are numbers that you'll you'd never get because they're just written off. But a lot of these animals don't make it. They don't they don't make it. They die in transport. I mean, imagine trying to get a killer whale out of like a, out of like the Siberian wild out in the in the in the in the in the Red Sea or and 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 trying to truck this thing this wild orca in a tank through to try to get it out of that. 
I mean, I can tell you for sure, with a surety, of animals that have died only, like, meters from where it was caught. I mean, I've seen photographs of wild-caught killer whales, unreported. Back then, it, it didn't exist. We didn't have, I mean, even in, even in as early as 2000s, you know, cell phone and video and, and cameras, you know, these things hadn't quite gotten into all your consumers' pockets. So I've, I've seen Polaroids of animals that are dead that we'd never hear about, but that were captured wild. I mean, it's a, it's a, gross, it's a gross industry. And, and in Russia, they're still doing it. They're, they're fueling uh, China's consumption of, the, of these whales. And, and now there's, there's oceanariums popping up like crazy over there. Can you still Actually, get I, whales in Canada? Like, how, the, how does can Marineland still get whales, or is that banned yeah, in Canada I, I, now? Marineland can can bring in uh, wild caught animal or whales from anywhere in the world. They can't from Canadian waters. They can from Russia. Oh, so it's on a country basis. So Canada's okay with you importing it. You just can't do it here. And they're like, hey, I don't know where this whale came from. Yes, precisely. Really? That's so far. That's changing. Uh, mark my fucking words. That's changing. Trudeau better or worse for that? Well, Trudeau is who made the big announcement of, uh, you know, $1.5 billion and trying to protect the southern resident orcas. And in that bill, um, some components of it uh, expect some tweaks to be made. <laughs> really? So, yeah. you, so you do have some faith? I mean, I'm always looking for a reason to like the guy. Well, it won't be Trudeau's work, that's for sure. But um, I mean, that, I, I, listen, I think it's a sexy platform. I think you uh, you may. I think he stands to benefit if he were to outlaw whale import, export, and captivity across Canada. I think that if he were to support something like that, it, it could only benefit him. Um, I think that it's also something that's probably, for the most part, um, I think it's supported by all parties. Um, I see a bill that's pre at present presently being debated that that may very well be tweaked to 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 do just that but you know it's yet to be seen but there's there's things happening right now like i was just in ottawa two weeks ago like things are happening <clears throat> i almost don't want to say too much because uh, you never know who's listening and these people have been putting up roadblocks every which way so you know i don't there's things that i say i mean i speak cryptically and I, you know it just is the nature of sort of where we're at well that's exciting i'd like to see I mean, it seems to me crazy that it's not. It's uh, I don't know. It just seems crazy to me. Like you go to Mexico and they still have the dolphins and stuff, but you really think that you know here in the supposed first world we'd have that shit sort of figured out by now? But I mean, like you said, it's just going to start popping up in China and places like that now. Well, I was going to ask about the rest of the world. I mean, are we? We're probably fairly decent compared to a lot of. I mean, what are, what are the about, about the places in China and Russia that are? You know, like the marine lands of those countries. They're, they're big facilities. You know, they're more, definitely more modernized in places like, uh, you know, Vancouver Aquarium and, and Marine Land. But both those facilities are like 50 years old. I mean, they're quite literally shitholes. But um, it's of no matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how elaborate and beautiful the pool is. It doesn't matter. You put those animals in there and they're immediately compromised. You've ripped them away from their families. It's over. It's game over. You can try to force breed them and everything else. But I mean, these animals, I mean, just recently 
um, an animal, a whale at SeaWorld just suffered like a, a, a horrible injury. That's going to, I would call it, I've never seen one that bad in as many years as I worked at Marine Land. I've seen some fucked up, well, of course, I've seen some really fucked up shit, but like, you know, like an injury of this severity, like, it's, you know, it's it's lost a big a big chunk. It was taken out of its dorsal fin. Like, you know, it doesn't matter how nice your fucking pool is. These animals get fucked up in it. No, like, but I meant not- I meant more about the actual like support for the animals and the the oh, yeah. you know the I don't know the humanity part of it. No, China is precisely where you go for examples of how not to treat animals. It's it's I don't know. They get their kicks. They like to get their kicks out of things that are. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't want to speak for, for a culture. I don't know. But I know that the paradigm shift is yet to, to be taken there. You know, there's not even really roots. But, you know, these aren't wars that are won overnight. No, and, it's. You know, I mean, the West would be a big win. A big win for yeah. sure. So do you honestly, so you, th- it'd be interesting to see that in the next, like, five years where they're just gone. Because I think zoos wouldn't be far behind. You know, yeah, like, once well, Marine Land being- goes... If it zoos goes, are slowly but surely, sort of fading off. Like you know, cities are rec- recognizing the burden that it is financially because these are not these are not viable businesses anymore. There, there was a time when they were, and really, we're only five, six, seven, eight years removed from that time. Uh, but now, it's most of these zoos are just you know they're they're excuses to move money, but that's it. Like it isn't working. The pandas just. I think I don't know. Did you guys did Calgary have the pandas for a bit? I just finished building the enclosures. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Well, not me, not me personally, but yeah, the company I work for, yeah, we got the contract to help build some of the stuff there. So they're getting the pandas. They're. Get, I think they. They if they don't have them, they're getting them in like any day. Yeah, I thought that was the case. So they're they've so those pandas are now leaving Toronto. Well, those were a bust, man. They were a bust financially. Didn't work, and that was still a, a big drop. So what you're going to see now is the Toronto Zoo really, really taking a hit, and. I mean, I hate to say it because they do some work with Parks Canada in, like, you know, raising and releasing some some rare turtles in, in different ponds in the hopes of trying to keep these things alive. But, you know, you ask me, and it's such a fraction of the money that they generate in uh, in profit that it's just, it's not it's not good enough. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm also, to be fair, I'm, I'm pretty jaded. I mean, the Canadian Association of Zoos and Aquarium and I are, are at war. So, you know, I'm not, you're not going to hear me say a lot of good things about these places, but I have, I have toured the back of, of Toronto Zoo, unbeknownst to them. Um, you know, I saw where they sort of kept their, their, their offsite primates. Yeah, these aren't glamorous places. There's not a lot of emphasis on animal care. It just isn't. The, the numbers speak for themselves. These places make too much money and there's just no fucking excuses for them. So what you're going to see is, First, you're going to see cuts to animal care. And then you're going to see threats. Most of these zoos are going to threaten to like be like, well, you know, we're not going to be able to take care of the animals if we don't get that funding. So you're going to start hearing shit like this. And then, you know, kids at their schools will start campaigning to save them and stuff. Like, it really becomes a sad story. It really becomes quite pathetic that that these zoos got to sort of, you know, use kids. and. But that's what they do, man. It's it's, I don't know, it's poison. If you ask me, it's poison. They, they put poison in the fucking candy. It's horrible. Why is why is it why is it so much less viable like seven to eight years now now compared to seven or eight years ago when it was what what is it just that why is I think it's technology I think technology and social media has pushed so far and that you know you've got you've got movies you've got documentaries Blackfish is is a is a life changer it's a game changer 
Um, you know, some of these, even these these cartoons like Finding Dory, I mean, they have these anti-captivity messages. Well, this becomes sort of cu- culturally ingrained. So things have changed so much in the last few years that a lot of places, they even amazingly congratulate me for killing Marineland. And I'm always just like, yo, it's not done. Like, <laughs> they're still, they're still, they're like, they're still open? I thought they were done. It's like, no, man. <laughs> no, they're not done. Like it's still going. It's like, whoa. But I mean, I still take that as a win. The fact that people believe that they're already done means they're, they're you know, they're, their footprint isn't the same no more. They don't have the, they, well, it, thank, thankfully, their theme song, which is really the best thing that they've ever come up with, works for me now. So people hear the, the Marineland theme song and, uh, you know, they either get really pissed is or that the, like, there's a place you go in yeah, Ontario? Yeah, I remember that one. It's like ing- burned into my head from when I lived yeah, there exactly. as a kid. But these days, kids do their own renditions, and you got to hear some of the uh, some of their their versions. I mean, it gets. I mean, I've, I've heard kids say it's such a wonderful place to get shot in the face. It's like, holy <laughs> fuck! <laughs> oh yeah, my kids wouldn't put up with it. I could see that already. Like by the time they're like, you know, eighteen, there's no way they're going to be cool with. <clears throat> You know, no. compared to when I was 18, I didn't give a fuck. You know, you know what's kind of, when my the, kids are there, like there's no way that they're the next generations are going to put up with with that shit. And Marine, no, I, I mean, Marineland does a bunch of shit I didn't even know about, like with the deers and everything else. And well, you heard about the dog shooting, of course, right? I mean, the owner has un- unnecessarily decided to, you know, blow away two fucking beautiful dogs, puppy dogs, really labs. Um, just because they were walking on their fucking property, which was their name. It was his neighbor's fucking dogs. And they wandered on the fucking Marineland's properties. It's like, you know what? Fuck this. And he decides to shoot them. I mean, it's like I said, zoo owners are a, a real special fucking breed. So the nice thing about my sort of war against, you know, zoos as a whole, really, but in, in, in Marineland's case, you know, it makes, it's not hard to, to look good when you got a real fucking ugly enemy so I, I sort of benefit in that as much of an asshole as i can be you know i wind up looking pretty fucking good against that peculiar individual you know it's creepy with this one with this like i don't watch our local media that much or news or listen to the radio or anything so i'm really not in plugged into the like our little pop culture of calgary but i keep hearing the stuff about the zoo that panda's coming in and all it's like getting so much mainstream attention like every little bit i have heard has been about this like the news happened to be on a couple times and they're talking about the panels like how are they getting so much attention and pushback is that because the city needs that 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 marketing that marketing because of the deal bringing in the new animals and this place too has a problem with animals dying so i mean you're you know it already you you are now because you are exactly where we just left off in ontario with with the pandas leaving you're going to watch some major promoting and it's really, it's quite, Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, but it's, it's, they're banking on this. I mean, they bank on it. They're just like, this has to bring this much revenue or we're fucked. I mean, all zoos are at that point. I mean, that's the reason they put these animals on tour to begin with. It's supposed to be a draw, but you watch them hype the shit out of it. You're going to read it. You're going to hear about it in the news. Like it's fucking news. That's where I start getting pissed off. People are starting to recognize you start watching the news and you're like, okay, why am I fucking listening? Why am I, why am I learning about, pandas going to a fucking zoo right now like i'm not i'm not learning anything i'm not learning anything new so this is not news that the fucking pandas are coming like get your bullshit off my fucking tv like i don't want to hear your fucking bullshit petty promotional material trying to get my fucking last dime 
Sorry, you're not getting my attention. I'm turning that fucking dial every time. And that's the other thing that's changed. People are like, fuck TV, fuck commercials. I'm not going to listen to this fucking Marine Line commercial. I'm not going to sit through this 30 seconds of bullshit right now. Right? They just go straight to the fucking YouTube and just go, okay, now we're fucking... Well, that's, we're that's what I was going to say is not just the YouTube, <laughs> but you got like your fucking... How many different BBC specials that I mean I'd way rather watch way rather I'm like fucking Donald fucking Duck um, <laughs> Ray Wather I'd Ray way I'm gonna do it again <laughs> I'd way rather watch you know Planet Earth two where they've got these crazy cameras and I see this shit going down in this fucking insane natural environment than go to the zoo and watch a tiger walk around in circles like I can go watch fucking tigers fucking fighting eagles. On a mountainside. Like that some dude camped out, didn't bug him, camped out on a mountainside for fucking a month and just watched and fucking took I pictures know, and videos. It, it's hard to watch because people, we have such a distorted view of animals because of just sort of how history is, has entertained us that, you know, these animals are, are somehow like our buds. And, uh, <laughs> they would yeah, fuck people, you people up, man. Can't believe they watch a fucking bird. Like I watched a video of a bird eating a cat. Like I love cats. Dude. I got I got three and often enough four cats. Like I love fucking cats. But they get eaten by birds in the wild. It happened. <laughs> it could be your cat. Every cat's the same. They're cats. That's why I don't let my cats out. Oh, uh, they say people look up because we used to get fuck you know, there's a time in our evolution that we were looking up for fucking things coming at us. I bet. And here's another thing. If your cat was bigger than you, it'd fucking eat you tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that's a, oh, I tell my wife all the time, I was like, those fucking cats, yeah, and they, like, they'd start eating you in a couple days. That food dish, don't, yeah. I tell Graham too, that food dish don't fill up for a week. That's it. It's start chewing at your cheek because that's yeah, the soft you, part. You watch what that survival fucking instinct kicks my in dog will, I'd like to think my dog will die by my side. But well, I could be wrong dog. about that too. <laughs> I mean, I have no comment. I hate to call dogs dumber than cats because that argument goes a whole bunch of different ways. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's a. Do I think think it is that dogs are sort of dumb and loyal, and cats sort well, of just put well, up with people. That. Oh, my cat is so you know, like a my cat, cat is yeah, so a cat loving. Just, it's a cat can love you. I've got that cat that loves me too. But you know, cats are different. They're not dependent on you. They'll like if you're gone and the doors open, they'll move on. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, You're my forgotten. dog is like, no, man, I'll stick around. <laughs> yeah, but we bred that in dogs. We want that 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 contrast from cats, really. I mean, you know, really, there are dog people and cat people. I love dogs, too, but uh, truth be told, I it bothers me sometimes. to. I don't want to develop a very powerful relationship with a dog because it, it fucking busts me up like crazy when they die. Because you can just stop. I mean, these are powerful relationships, and dogs... They don't last that fucking long. I mean, I've got cats now that are both pushing 25. Oh, and, holy shit. It's so That's crazy. Tough, it's so crazy. Well, I say pushing 25, sorry. Like one is 22 and the other one, I can't vouch, but we got to guess between 20 and 22. Yeah, it's still, so, that's still old for yeah, My dog just died. It sucked. He was oh, like. Oh, dude, I feel for you. It's yeah, horrible. He was it's, like it's 14, Tyson just died, really? Yeah. Oh, well, oh you, you put him know? down. Yeah, I, well, I had to get him put down. He yeah. was just past, you know, he's starting to be in pain. Sucks, man. Yeah, you, so you, I, I honestly, in, at, it, at my age, until I decide to 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 do that, and maybe I'll maybe I'll. It's not something I've written off completely. I think I may eventually want a dog, but I, it's just too powerful a relationship, and I, and I just it breaks my heart so fucking much. Like I just remember losing my dog as a kid, and it destroyed me. I I lost a cat two years ago, and I I mean I needed to take four days off of work. Like that's probably not. <laughs> 
you know, maybe it's a little bit above most people's uh, standard of, of grieving, but yeah, it really twisted me up, man. Uh, you know, and it might not to be fair, it's been a vulnerable time for me and it's been like, you know, some, I've been at a heightened state of emotion for the better part of the last six, seven years here. So, you know, any, any sort of loss like that really, really, really sort of brings me down, but I've seen people grieve dogs and, oh man, it'll, it'll buckle a, a, a grown powerful man to, to their knees. It, uh, it's, it's, I, I get it. I, I, I feel for people. I've seen some of my toughest buds, hunters, uh, cops, and, uh, you know, they put their dog down and they, they're done They're It, it, you see what happens to them. You're just like, wow, like that's a broken man right there. Like that's, you got to watch a dog's purpose first. Now that's what we did with the kids. We watched a dog's purpose where it shows like as soon as a dog gets the shot and passes away, he like wakes up as a new puppy someplace and he has a new family and it's all like, you know, happy. <laughs> it was good. So like, so you've worked with the walruses. How does that, that relationship compare to the, to a dog or a cat? Yeah. So I'm not comparable because I would say, and I don't have a lot of experience in this, but it's, it's more of a relationship that's like maternal. Like I have, I feel like her mom a little bit, like it's kind of crazy. Right. But I raised her in that she saw me like her mom. And so, you know, I respected the hell out of that relationship and I, and I, I learned how powerful it was and I was able to raise her as my own. It's crazy. Like I shaped that personality to a certain extent. I mean, I, I established the rules and the boundaries of conduct largely. And I did so with my voice and with my intentions and the way I moved. And she, and, and she grew up like this, like we know each other. It's uh, not something that I can describe in terms of a relationship via human and animal. I think it compares more like human and young childlike person. It's a, uh, you know, I, is I that an intelligence or an emotional intelligence? Yeah, well, it's all of that, both? but it's attached to me like I was her mom. That That's not something that people experience unless they have a child. Like, this isn't something like, you know, you feed your dog enough and it loves you and it's loyal like shit, man. It'll, it'll, it'll die for you in a, in a heartbeat. But even yet, it's still not something, it's not, you've not imprinted on it. In this case, I've imprinted on a wild animal. I could walk to the ends of the earth and she will stand right next to me. Like, that is anomalous. I mean, you, you hear of it, but, you know, you certainly never in this case, like in, in, in a zoological setting, it's, it's always sort of like these freak accidents that happen where, you know, an orphaned uh, bird or something will get raised by a human and then that bird will, will it's been imprinted on. You know, like these cases where there's some rescue efforts at a really young age, <clears throat> this sometimes happens. In the case of Smooshy, she was two years old. I mean, she was 18 months old when, when this incident happened. She had already had a mother. So somehow her brain, you know, tripped this sort of whatever reaction in that I became her mother. So the relationship is not like that of a dog, cat, human, anything. It's more like that of a human with a young, like I say, childlike being. Her intelligence definitely is is on par with you know some of the more brilliant children like non-verbal children 
that you would, that you would see like the, in the way that they interact with the world. I mean, we, we, we disassociate ourselves a little too much with animals and it's easy to turn around and look at a walrus and say, well, that's a big old dumb being. Yeah. Maybe it is to us looking from the outside, but in its world, it, that's not an idiot. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a thriving, intelligent being, uh, powerful, brave, you know, warrior-like. I mean, the, the the things that these animals face the, uh, is crazy. But it'll fuck they, you uh, up too. In the wild, I wouldn't want to take on a walrus. And more likely, they'll run from you. But I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. They are. I mean, in the case of big males, they could be like three thousand pounds. Yeah, I was just <laughs> watching a Netflix show with my kids the other day about these like crazy animal experiences. And this walrus had got like lost down in Brazil and it like came up on the beach, fucking went up past these people, went like across the street, fucked up a couple cars and then left. Was that an elephant seal or was that a walrus? I thought it was a walrus, but it might have been an elephant seal, actually, now yeah, that you mentioned it. I think it was an elephant seal. Although, you know, walruses have been known to sort of stray away from the herd. But they're they're not crossing any streets. Like they're, they're if they're fifteen feet from a beach, from the water, that's effort enough for them. They're pretty lazy. But a but a you know big old elephant seal, man. Uh, they're bigger than walruses in some cases. So yeah, they'll fuck shit up. That's right. Maybe it was the walrus <laughs> I seen that killed the polar bear, on one of those nature specials. Yeah, they they drown them. They they win that fight. That's crazy. Often often enough, I I don't like watching those videos, but they no, do exist. No, it's fucked up to watch. Yeah, it's like watching yeah, someone fall off a skateboard. You know, it's not as no. fun as it sounds. Yeah, it's really not that. Um, like I said, but this is the illusions that we sort of have in that. You know, and and I'm and I'm guilty of of purporting my walrus to be this oh so gentle being, whereas you know she could be this sort of murderous crazy uh, being as well, of course. Um, but yeah, the illusions of what nature is and what animals are, you know, it's a stark contrast to the reality. And unfortunately I, I am guilty of that. I, I do, I do sort of, but my story is sort of like fairy tale, you know, and my objective is if, 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 if it's in the cards is to have her, you know, sort of semi-retired to a, to a, a natural environment. So, you know, my objectives are good, but you know, I do have to rely on, on stressing, sort of our relationship and the, the sad fact is it's very unnatural. Is there, is there anything that's working for animals? Like anything like, like let's say swimming with the dolphins in, in the Caribbean or there's all these, like, is there any environments not sort of zoo like that are actually positive and, and working for animals or is it just a mutual agreement sort of thing? Like I've heard of places that they go out to a, like, I've never actually seen one. I've just heard of them um, through people, but that you can go and the animals sort of meet there and it's just sort of the yeah. spot they go and they get fish and they know, and they're in the wild and they just meet there and it's sort of a mutual agreement. It's not like by gunpoint. Yeah. That intrigues me more than anything is these interactions. I mean, you would hate to change the culture of the animal in that they become sort of beggars for food. And that's probably the first thing we would do is that we would overstep the respect in of sort of mutual agreement, uh, interaction, but, uh, that's the thing that intrigues me the most is sort of let the animals come to you and, and don't be a threat necessarily. Let them explore their imagination and their curiosity. And, uh, you know, if we do less harm, it's conceivable that, you know, we live more symbiotically with, with the wild, you know, anything else. I don't know that anything's necessarily working. 
you know, there's there's been some there's been a number of successful dolphin releases and things like this and but like rehabilitations. But as far as habitats, even these thing is these these for profit swim programs, despite the fact that many of them are like penned off like parts of the ocean, like on the coast, the things that these that that these facilities do, I mean, they 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 abort uh dolphins because they don't want you know they, they they put them all on birth control and stuff because the babies are you know sort of a nuisance they, they 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 keep the animal from being productive and making money there's just some there's just really bad shit going on always it just seems like the underlying factors and all this stuff in the end is you know just true exploitation so i've yet to come across anything great i'm trying to help create something great um you know the 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 whale sanctuary project and we're hoping to get it out east in canada and you know establish this place already so that you know there could be a, a sort of median a, a sort of halfway house for captive animals whales and dolphins and porpoises that currently have absolutely no options of release or even experiencing a semblance of their of, of freedom or a semblance of their natural environment is that because you know, they wouldn't survive they're just too domesticated or like, could well, you, I think that you I couldn't just let them go. Well, you're not going to just drop them in the water and let them go. No, you, that would be terribly irresponsible. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's not an option. At no, this that's point. not. You're looking for a halfway house. Some animals will will be released wholly, and some will be better off living out the rest of their days, sort of in a more natural environment. But you know, in the end, still being under human care. Uh, but that that's going to happen. That's the future. It's unstoppable, and uh, I think we're going to get that in Canada. And, and that is just going to that's just going to make for such an exciting time. Can you give us uh, an idea of what that looks like? Yeah, I was just going to ask that because it's hard for me to. Even... So imagine uh, imagine like a uh, like a large bay or a fjord or uh, you know a large uh, area where you can physically pen it off with a fence like perimeter and um you know imagine different layers and levels of of sort of different applications because in some cases you'll have rehab pools in some cases you'll have you know large areas where they can swim the best the best thing you can do is go to the whale sanctuary project.org or.com i'm not exactly sure what it is certain if you google it you'll find the website they have physical models on there that you can see. Um, Are you involved in that in any way? No, not on paper, but to be fair, it needs to be stressed that I'm being heavily sued and attacked, and I'm sort of like... Not good to be associated with at the moment? Timing, right. Yeah, that's right, because I'd like to see you get a job there one day, hopefully, you know, and Marine yeah. World gets off your back, and you could be hopefully working with these animals again. I mean, obviously you care about them. That's sort of the people that you'd want there. You know, there was a time when I thought maybe the OSPCA, like the Ontario Society for the Prevention of Cruelty for Animals, would be looking for a guy like me. Um, the reality is they they want nothing to do with me because, I mean, in the end, I, I sort of, I, I, expo I expose their sort of complacency and shortcomings and whatnot. More than anything, of course, I didn't realize this at the time. You know, when I left Marineland and ultimately spoke out, I thought that places like the Humane Societies and stuff would be like, finally, we got a guy who's going to tell the truth. That wasn't the case. 
you know, it's not it's not going to be relative with the whale sanctuary project, of course. But I'm just unfortunately, my role in all this is to sort of sacrifice, you know, to a, to a great extent my personal well being. But I got to put myself on the line and expose these people. I mean, I had an interaction a little over two weeks with a senator, and you know, these things become news. They become headline news and and publications like they they print these things like look at this and you know it's like i have to have these sort of public wars with these people but you know that is my role and it takes a lot out of me truth be told it's not something i completely enjoy you know i have to be that guy and and so in that capacity i'm sort of not i don't know maybe one day i'll be able to work with that with such a project, but for the time being, I think a safe distance is best for probably both. Hmm. Yeah. So, so is this, is this going to happen on the, on the West coast or the East coast? Do you think this whale sanctuary yeah, thing? That, that's coming to the East coast. I'm, East coast, I'm, all, yeah. I'm all but positive. Yeah. I mean, that's where, yeah, it's getting a lot of support over there. And I think that's probably where it's best to be. So, the West Coast would be great. I mean, I don't know where Vancouver Aquarium. I don't know why they're not trying to 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 help fund this project or work with this project. I mean, it really shows their true colors. Somehow, Vancouver Aquarium and Marineland can rationalize pulling animals out of their natural environment and plucking them into and dropping them into concrete tanks where they die. And they can rationalize trying that as a as a as an idea. But an idea of taking them out of that environment and then reintroducing them to their natural environment is way too radical. I mean. What a crazy idea. I must be completely crazy and out of my mind. I mean, what a thought. You know, like, it's not worth the risk. No, we can't do that. I mean, of course, that sounds so crazy, right? Jeez, I wonder if it's just, it just it's, a, it's so, so many of these topics we talk about, you wonder, is it, like, intentional or is it just, a, is it business and money and they think they're doing the right thing? Like, how much do these guys realize? Like, how much are they brainwashed to realize that? that this is going on? Are they turning a blind eye intentionally or are they just fucking out of it? Yeah. Well, I, I can, I can only speak for Marineland, but Marineland is, you know, I'll just say it just batshit crazy. So don't expect to make any, to try to rationalize any of the, they just like to fight. They'll fight for the sake of fighting. I really, I made the mistake of, of fighting with Marineland when instead what I should have done is said, Fuck, you know what we should really do? We should bring in more animals and put them in these concrete pools and then charge people to touch them and feed them and then watch them die. It'd be fucking great. And they'll be like, no. No, we need to get out of that immediately. Nope, nope. Phil said it's a good idea to, to keep doing this. <laughs> nope. I, I made that mistake. I should have just done that. Instead, I went the opposite. And now they just want to fight. So, And so we dance, right? How did the first lawsuit come up? They sued my girlfriend because uh, she, well, she was still working at Marineland uh, while I'd been while I'd spoken out, um, and so they fired her and and harassed her and fucking. I mean, it was it was a real nightmare for her for a long time, uh, and then they fucking sued her and they did sort of get to me. But the only way that they got to me is that they pissed me off. Rather, they inspired me. Uh, to have a really strong and firm resolve to get back that pound of flesh that they sought to take from me. So I call that one the big mistake because that one, when you, you go after my family, 
Well, look what they look look at what I did on account of the fact that they were harming the animals. Well, now they're threatening my family. They fucked up, man. I, even right now, I start to like I start to I start to get fired up, and I got to watch myself because I got to sort of conserve that. But anytime it sort of seeps out a bit, I, I start to like uh, uh, they fucked up. And they're, they're going to find out. They already know it. But they're gonna, it's going to get worse. I, I, I promise for them exactly, exactly the same pain they've inflicted on others. I promise for them that that will be exactly what they've brought on to them for themselves. And, and this and, has been going on for five or six years now. Then. Yeah. And, I, and, and we've never been more powerful. I can't. I can't reveal too much of sort of the next step, but know this. There's something big. There's several big things around the corner. Things that I call the nail in Marineland's coffin. And I have, I'm, I'm, I feel so confident. And the, the support is growing that in the same way that Marineland thought they would destroy me, I'll accomplish what I'll accomplish their worst nightmare. It's going to happen now. It, it's already, it's happening. And I'm sort of waking up to it. I'm seeing it come to fruition now for the first time in that all of the sort of ripples of divinity that sort of, that I sort of smashed out in 2012, they're coming back and they're coming back powerful and it's humbling. And I know, I know I speak right now, like a, I'm probably coming across as cocky and everything else, but I've been to hell a number of times. I'm going to savor this, these moments. And I'm telling you, I've never felt more in my bones. I've always had faith. It's the only thing that keeps you going. I've never felt it stronger in my bones that this is this, that there's a big win around the corner. And I like that. It's sooner than later. Finally, I can finally, uh, they're on the clock. They're on the clock. Finally, they're on the clock. Do you think that'll have ripple down effects through SeaWorld and like um, aquariums in general, or will this be uh, marine land specific? Like, do you think is, is this, because I think, you know, if once it's the legislation starts against it in North America, it's probably just going to keep going. Well, it has started in North America, in the States. There's, there's a number of uh, States that have outlawed. They beat us uh, to it again. Hit. I'm sorry. The, the states they beat, beat us to it again. Well, California, of course, California did, but California is progressive as hell, right? So we'll never, we're not going to, we're not going to compete with them. But um, well, I'll tell you the the bill, the, the two laws that are sort of on the table right now uh, with S two hundred three and I believe it's C sixty eight, but don't quote me. Um, these are two uh, really big and strong pieces of of legislation that, if and when it you know comes to royal assent, it's going to. Like it's going to set a precedence around the world for sure of how to of how to eradicate this shit. And you know, a lot of places you got to bear in mind. A lot of places are well ahead of us. I mean, India banned uh, uh, dolphinariums forever ago. Uh, uh, the UK has none of them because they 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 implemented regulations that were so strict that the businesses weren't viable no more. They couldn't build pools big enough. So, you know, there there have been some precedent setting uh, pieces of legislation out there. 
Um, but, you know, I, I feel like we lag behind, but, but it's coming. I have faith. It's coming. It's unstoppable. So what are you going to do after, like after a couple of years down the road, where do you picture yourself being if, yeah. if this all does? Sort of, it's sort of what is what makes me so humble and appreciative these days is that I know that these are fleeting moments and that I'm going to miss this. You know, I just turned 40 and like sort of my perspective on life, you know, it does change. You change, especially in, in you know, I sort of had a crash course in growing up, albeit very late, but I caught up. Um, I don't know what's next. I know that I'll always be a shit disturber, you know, but maybe, maybe I could pass that on. Maybe I don't have to do the legwork as much anymore. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I fade, maybe I, I just fade off into the sunset in some capacity. Like, uh, well, working with I, animals in some point. I mean, what, what about just the day to day? Like the only capacity that I'm willing to work with animals is to help release them. And that's it. I'm not interested in anything else. I mean, even even any type of husbandry care or anything like that at a zoo, not interested. If it's not, if the end objective isn't to isn't to ultimately re- release or transition animals, then no, nah, I have no interest whatsoever. I, dude, it's a burden to have these powerful relationships. I, I've had them. I, I've had the arguably like I don't want to say the most, but maybe the most. I mean, it, it's immeasurable, but maybe I've had. I mean, I've had, I've certainly experienced what can only be described as a most powerful relationship with an animal. I don't want those anymore. <clears throat> I don't. Yeah, it's, it, you know, I don't want to say I'm jaded from this experience because I'm jaded in other ways, but it hurts too much, man. It fucking, it, like, I know when that walrus dies, it's going to send me sideways. Like, the last thing I'm going to want to do is, is establish. I don't know. I, I don't know. Right now, I still, I still got too much. I still got lots to process. Does the future hold me working with animals only in the capacity that I'm able to help re- release them or rehabilitate them? That's it. Yeah. What about hunting for Sasquatch? <laughs> don't you know, don't the take the of, shot. <laughs> the question of hunting comes up a lot, and I wonder often whether or not I could take the shot. And I think that it would be irresponsible for me not to because i do eat meat and so that's something that i'm sort of that's what i tell graham too that's funny yeah me too yeah because i'm just about to get into hunting and i think that it's you know more responsible than buying steak at the store and it's a lot more down to earth absolutely it is no and i'm wondering the same thing like is like is is hunting in my future and i don't know maybe and I may have just turned off a lot of people, but, you know, I have a, <clears throat> I don't have this ideological view of the world where, <clears throat> you know, that, that life somehow can feed on something other than life. I, I just, you know, there's a reason our brains are as evolved as they have. And it's, there was, you know, there's, there's certain proteins that have been necessary in our evolution to, to help us become as intelligent and, and, and for our society to have survived as long as we have, you can't just turn a blind eye to that. I'm not saying that, I mean, the future may be vegan for me. I, I, I don't know. I'm just saying I have an open mind enough that, you know, if, 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 like, I feel like I have a responsibility to almost hunt. It sounds crazy, but 
you know, if, you know, that exists, that's a reality. And it's one that if you want the truth, you have to face. Yeah, I might, I, I would probably stop eating meat before I started hunting. I think that would be my probably. Why don't you come yeah, out with yeah. I would fit. I would probably eat fish and fish. I, I'm okay with fishing in a way, but hunting is just different. A real Presbyterian, yeah. eh? Yeah. About the Pres- thing I <laughs> the thing I respect a lot about hunters is that there are shots that you take. There are shots that you don't take. Yeah. And the shots that you take are the responsible shots. It's it's that of animals that are older, that are not producing, that are going to die they're the slower ones in the group i mean there there are shots you take and there are shots you don't and and i can't help but respect you got to bear in mind the deer you're going to shoot and consume in all likeliness if if it doesn't die by by you know a, a blind bullet and you know hopefully a very a good shot and and a quick death i mean the the alternative to that and I'm not making an excuse. I'm not saying go out there and mow down a fucking animal. What I'm saying is the, the reality is in nature, in, in how that animal is going to be consumed by nature, it's going to be very cruel. Well, you won't be there to see it. But if you were, <clears throat> you know, it, it would be probably more distressing than witnessing it t- take a bullet, you know? Yeah, the, I think the only people, the only things that can do things more fucked up than animals do to other animals is what people could do to other people. We seem to be able to add a special level of malevolence to it. So our yeah, treatment well, of animals is probably, you know, it's just unbelievable how cruel we can be. Yeah, well, you know, I've been listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson, and he sort of wants you to have a responsible relationship with all that you are and all that you are capable of and humans are capable you and i and and everyone are capable of really 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 fucked up shit uh, we're on a hair's trigger and we you know you have to respect this and, and acknowledge and be aware of this if you want to responsibly evolve in your own world you have to be aware of these things so you know, we're savages. We just are. Yeah, I just finished his book myself. The 14... Uh, 12 rules, the, yeah. 12 rules, is it? Yeah. Uh, my friend got it. I, I think I'd like to get it. I did buy the uh, self-authoring program, and I lazed out. But I'm going to get... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get back to it. I got a lot on the go, like a lot of like sort of crazy things. So, like, you know, I make all the excuses in the world, but... You know, it, it is something I do intend on helping me, you know, in the future when I do intend on writing a book. that That's definitely in my future. Though. I do intend on writing a memoir of sorts because, you know, this is a very lonely place to be. Sort of the, the, the you know, sort of my little war here. Um, so it'd be nice to offer perspective so people could understand what it, you know, sort of to appreciate these moments that I can otherwise, that otherwise people can't experience with me, you know. So I'd like to offer that perspective. There you go. That's well, once idea. the book's ready, you can come on and we'll put, we'll fucking talk about the book. When are you going to get I'll started? Well, I've already started, but then it sort of stops real quick. So I, I would say at this point, I'm more at the uh, brainstorming aspect where, you know, I do take moments on occasion and it is, a, it is something I'm working on, but to, to sort of just 
jot down my thoughts, whether record, you know, some, some rambles and stuff, but I'm also doing it for a much larger project as well. But, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm sort of juggling a a few things. I never know what the future holds necessarily, but I do know that, you know, I do want content out there. I want for, I want for people to know that this, that this, that this existed. They say in life, you die twice. One, the day you die, B or two, rather, uh, the last time someone like speaks your name or speaks of you. And so, you know, I don't have kids. I'm, I, it doesn't look like that's going to be in my future. So I hope that, you know, my, my second life after death maybe extends even longer than my, my time on earth. And that and hopefully I'm not forgotten. So, yeah, you know, you want to, you want to leave your mark. And in this case, I want to, you know, I may have to tell my own story because I, I mean, who else is going to tell it? You know, it's been me alone on the floor, sort of clutching my stomach for weekends at a time, not knowing if, you know, my fiscal sovereignty was going to be annihilated or if I was going to be gagged and not be able to speak anymore. I mean, the idea that I would be forced to not be able to speak over the of the last 20 years of my life, that's insane. And that and that a court would even humor that. But, you know, if Marine Line can cripple me financially, that's precisely what they're looking for. And, you know, that becomes a legally binding contract. You imagine if I couldn't speak for the, of the last 20 years of my life, then who the fuck am I? Yeah, yeah. No, man, you've been brave to to keep going with this fight. And, I mean, it's it's good to get a different perspective on... Well, there's the video, too. Where's the video again? Was that on the Go? Was that on the GoFundMe page? Yeah, there's a there's a short documentary. Uh, it's on Savesmoochie.com. Savesmoochie.com, that's right. How do you spell smoochie? So it's S A V E S M O O S H I dot com. Smooshy. Smooshy. Just like it sounds. Just like it sounds. <laughs> That's right. I well. <laughs> so yeah, Dude's everyone can head over like there. And... I'm down to like a dozen percent here of battery power. So right on. But yeah, I think that's it. about a good time to about wrap it up. Anyway, we got the save smooshy URL in there. Um, the does that have the link to the GoFundMe and everything from there? If people want to go check out, you know, what's going on and keep up to date and, and throw a couple bucks if they care to. That's the yeah, legal awesome. defense fund. Yeah. My lawyers are working hard. We're going for it. So I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm so blessed. I'm so yeah. blessed. I'm, I'm telling you, Joe Rogan, he saved my ass. It's the third time he's pulled me from the brink. And you know, every time I show it fucking changes my world. And this time it looks like it's going to stick. So it couldn't have come at a better time. Right on. Yeah. I noticed you're right up there in your GoFundMe goals. So it's, that's good to see. I'm currently dealing with possibly hiring a lawyer and fucking it's like five grand start just to like get started. Just to like, you're looking at like five grand to get this thing going. It's just like, Oh my God. Watch how fast that evaporates. I'm, I'm, I've tried to fund, uh, three lawsuits now, and we're in excess of a hundred thousand dollars spent. It's insane. And yeah. and remember, nothing's happened. Marine Land's only objective is to is to ruin me financially. That's why they've drawn this thing out, and now they're trying to. I mean, I say it; they're trying to run away from it, and I ain't letting them. Yeah. So, Perfect. So you I, just chase them down. They just assume they could. Um, you know, it's funny me. because if you wouldn't have done it at the time you did it, you wouldn't have been able to generate uh, the capital that you can do these days via social media and podcasts and you know the last sort of free speech because you ain't going on cnn and they ain't gonna fucking have you and 
you know, so you've you, got that and you've got these crowdsourcing platforms at the same time that can sort of allow you to keep going. I would have never guessed that I would still be walking and talking today in the capacity I am. I cannot believe it. it the timing couldn't have been better. I, like, I don't feel like I had a choice in this. I feel like I was thrust in this. I feel like it was sort of a divine intervention in that I was chosen and that everything lined up that I had to do this. And I just, I kept faith with it saying, you know what, if it's me, it's me. Fuck it. Let's go. And I've not been wrong. Yeah. And that's what's required. That acceptance. Perfect. And yeah, and you, you do it well, man. I think you're really, you know, a good spokesperson for, uh, for this activism. Well, Marineland trained me right. I mean, uh, you know, I was on a mic for many years in front of thousands and thousands of people. Like they trained me to be the, the perfect fucking. <laughs> so I, I have to credit them with, with having created quite, quite honestly, their, their worst nightmare. Wow. Well, we wish you the best of luck. And, uh, right before we let you go, if you had to pick, uh, you know, a date as to when you think this could sort of come to a close, how far out do you think that would be three years, five years, seven years? Yeah. Three years. I'd be, sh I'd be shocked if they're still around in three years, that's for sure. But I'm, I'm going to guess if they'll, they'll get this season out and then they may get next. I might be, I might be surprised if that, I'll definitely be, well, we'll see one or two more years. I think. Perfect. That's, right I think that's good enough. Well, big thanks for coming on the show, Phil. Um, I'm with you on the Twitter there. So if there's any big developments, we'll touch base. And, uh, and if we have to make some big announcements and, uh, then let us know. And we'll definitely be one of your stops. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks right buddy. On. Good Take luck. Care. Take care. And that was our chat with Phil Damaris. Wow. Pretty heavy. A good one. That was a good one. Yeah. A little heavier than most. It gives me a different perspective on zoos and marine parks and stuff like that i don't really remember going to any i went to one like a long time ago i think when i was a kid i kind of remember we went and seen some seals though i still have a memory as a kid probably b before eight so i must have been six or seven years old at that park safari i was telling you about there was a long road and i think it was like more of a like a safari, like you're of course you think fenced it is. in. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know I probably go now. It's like, it's like a little a safari, field. like a yeah. like a half a yeah. mile wide. Yeah, exactly. But it sure seemed big as a kid. I mean, I wonder if that's any step in, <clears throat> you know, in the right direction. I don't know. I went I know. to because um, I know the owner of that too. Like, it, it, oh, and yeah, they, you know, they, one they of the didn't zoo seem people? crazy. Like he's talking. We should have him on know. the show. Yeah, maybe. Ask him about his fucking. Animal prison. Yeah. Think he'd do it? No. No? <laughs> Probably not. Hmm. Shoot him an email. Anyway, check out Phil's website. Um, yeah. I don't think, um, I don't think I'd take my kids to something like that anymore. I think now with videos and, and trail cams and HD stuff, I think there's going to be a lot of <clears throat> really good footage for people to see. Like, you know, those, these like, well, like I said, the planet Earth show, is better. Yeah. Yeah, or even, but even live now. There's live live. Did you see now. the one where those you little fucking the iguanas or... are trying to run and the snakes are chasing them? Yeah. It's fucking heart wrenching, bro. Yeah. yeah. You don't see that at the zoo. My heart isn't wrenching at the zoo. <laughs> Especially how good good a quality it is too, right? That's right. But they even have these cams, like what's those eagle nest cams and stuff where you oh, can the just one, see the things one, like... was all hooked on forever and then they just shut it <laughs> off on them. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, though, right? Oh, There's no, going to be more, the more ways. Away. That's what it was, right? They grew up and flew away. I mean, what about even being in a virtual 
environment. I no. thought about actually, you know, because we have a family of Blue Jays over here. That but nest every it, summer, really we should get a Blue Jay camera. Yeah. That could be like running on the Grimerica stream all the time. Just a blue, little Blue Jay family. They'll be back this spring. Late, in late, if spring comes, assuming have, spring comes. You can have a rabbit cam. Yeah, if you want. There's rabbits all over the place. Really? Yeah. I don't get the reference. It's, it's okay. It's just a Monty Python. No, is it? Uh, nice try. <laughs> a few people probably got it. Yeah. Couple hundred, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could. You know, it'd be a lot of trouble, though. It's like, I don't know how the logistics of putting a camera in a tree works. And they might just see, they might sense that and just not go to that tree. We'll put Brody on it. We get him doing some research on the Blue Jay cam. It'd be very Canadian if we had a Blue Jay cam as like background for when the show is not on. <laughs> They'd have some little baby Blue Jays and you watch them grow up and get fed and then they just fly out. Yeah. It'd be wonderful. And they get eaten by something. <laughs> you just watch a, a cat. You just watch a cat <laughs> watch climb a... up the tree and fucking. Take or the squirrels out. take the eggs. Those sons of bitches. It is weird how cats bring you presents. Like cats bring you dead animals as presents. Like, and they have a different voice. Like when I hear my cat do that voice, I know he's bringing me like a toy as a present because he doesn't. He's not allowed outside. No, he's not allowed outside. Anymore. But my other cat would bring in like a mouse, and just you could hear the difference in his voice. Like. In his voice? Yeah. In his meow? Yeah. Alrighty, well, thanks for lining that one meow. up. Yeah. Come on, meow. <laughs> Super Troopers 2 comes out soon. Can't wait. All right, well, yeah, that, that was a fun one. Uh, support the show if you can, guys. In case we get sued by Marineland, I think we'll be okay. They've got him in their sights. Yeah. They'll leave us out. They didn't sue Rogan, so we should be fine. Yeah, check out the support page. Check out uh, savesmooshy.com. Do all the stuff in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next week. She wishes her words of swords shining, illuminating the way through the metaphorical valley. Of darkness She steps into the immortal portal into the minds of the gods themselves or himself or herself whichever flows her boat to calmer water Calmer waters, her soul escapes. It steps into the immortal portal into the minds of the gods themselves, or himself, or herself, whichever dots. Your eyes or crosses your teeth. Ooh ah, ooh wee, ooh ah, ooh wee. In a flash, she rolls out of the immortal portal, startled to be in the presence of. 
A psychic being a ing a ing a ing a ing a ing a ing a Startled to be in the presence of a psychic being a ing a ing a ing a ing a ing a ing Startled to be in the presence of a psychic being that proclaims your pain it is roaring in the rain it is pouring but worry not for the filth will wash away to reveal Crystalline shores and other surprises that'll be surprising to say the least. To which Lady Liberty says, Thank you kindly, and then spins off into the immortal portal into the minds of the gods. The gods. The gods, 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 the gods. themselves
Hailstorm damage got you blue? Sunburn get you let down? Well, introducing the new Gem Trails. Gem Trails are a convenient new chemtrail that we plow through your sky to ensure you with the haziest and non-blue sky that you could have. Gem Trails. Choose from our variety of geo-engineered aerosols loaded with toxic chemicals. Some chemicals may include barium, strontium-90, aluminum, cadmium, zinc, viruses of all sorts and varieties, and chafe, which actually looks like snow, but may actually be fibers coated with aluminum, desiccated blood cells, plastic, and paper. All chemtrails can be conveniently customized for your needs. Just ask our friend here, James Cruz. Gemtrails. James Cruz ordered the barium, strontium-90, and the chafe. And the chafe he chose was desecrated blood cells in plastic. Gemtrails. So I'm sitting in my backyard getting sunburned constantly. And I hear this ad come on the radio. Gem trails. Gem trails. And what they can do for you is amazing. For 33 payments of $333. Gem trails. No more sunburn. Thanks, gem trails. Gem trails. Thanks, gem trails. <laughs> That's right, James. For 33 easy payments of $330, you too can have a hazy sky with zero sun and zero sunburn. With our brand new technology coming straight out of MIT, we fitted an airplane with nozzles and we can come to any area in the world and spray your backyard. Chemtrails. Warning, warning, warning. Symptoms associated with chemtrails include aneurysms, strokes, heart attacks, and cancer. Chemtrails. Other side effects may include irradiated breast milk, anal leakage, jock itch, runny nose, irregular vaginal discharge, glaucoma, heavy metal poisoning, lockjaw, and low sperm count, persistent hacking, coughing, upper respiratory and intestinal distress, pneumonia, extreme fatigue, disorientation, lethargia, dizziness, splitting headaches, elevated arthritis, symptoms, nosebleeds, blah, 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 blah yada, yada, etc., etc., doctors, blah, 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 uh, death. If you want it, we spray it. So get your gem trails today. Call 1-900-GRAY-SKY. That's 1-900-GRAY-SKY. That's 1-900-W-E-F-U-C-K-E-D. Thanks, Jim Trails. <laughs>